0: Great. Hello, everybody. Hi. I'm not very tall, so let me lower this.
1: All right. Okay.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited and so happy to be here. Some of you guys have very familiar faces. I feel like I've seen you before. Either FOPX or some of you, I think, follow FOPX on Instagram. And I managed that with a couple of other people, so we stalk you, right? Any of you, you have commented, I feel like the girl with the purple sleeves. You have a lot of posts on, right? You post a lot on, right? Does she? You guys made a lot of Instagram posts. Right? I don't know why. You look very familiar. Are you like Crystal Berries? Your sister is Crystal Berries on Instagram, right? You look like Crystal Berries. Is Crystal Berry from this church? Oh, okay. Yeah, a couple of familiar faces. Okay. You guys, excited for the word? I'm so excited. Uh, are you okay if I don't use the mic? Because I will shout. Okay? Can the sound people? Okay, okay, great. Oh, you want to record that? Huh? Okay, it's done. I will I will I I'll speak into the mic. Okay. Whoo! Okay. I'm gonna introduce myself a little bit and then we're gonna go into the word. Um, and I'm so excited. God has just put a word that I know it's for us and it's for this season, and I want you to just open up your heart and say, God. Like, really speak to my heart today. Uh, so, as, as Joanna, Joanne s- shared with you guys, uh, you know, she, she shared that I'm from Emmanuel's Assembly of God Church. I brought a couple of people with me. So, three of them are our leaders in our, our church. Uh, you have Cheng Yi, uh, she's currently working in uh, some yeah, flight center, some travel agency, yes. And then we have Rina, she is working at Fullerton Hotel. And then we have Nigel, as you can see, he's serving the National Service. Any boy with cap and black specs <laughs> that's a national service. Any ORD soon? And he's from Teban Gardens. Woo! And his family has yet to know Christ. So you guys, seriously, tomorrow, seriously love these people. Okay? So if you see him tomorrow, you see this guy, right? And you see his mother and his sister, right? Like, hey, auntie, ah, sell you, ah, cut their toenails, give haircut, cut, all that. But seriously, like, you know, I mean on his heart is his family on our hearts is his family uh my church is in the east and for you guys like that's considered like what is that right <laughs> today i traveled to the west um uh, um and 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 it will be so powerful for you to bless the residents and love them and don't underestimate like what you're going to do tomorrow morning please and be nice as 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 Joanne shared please like you have to be very calm and very chill and they're like hi hello okay you know uh, but i tell you uh when we do these things it's really powerful you know um the Word of God uh, says this, you know, that, um, you know, no, God will come to say to us, or Jesus will come and say to us, you know, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was sick, you, you, you loved me, and you, you gave me a, a water to drink, and all these things. And, and we will ask, when did we ever do that? And God says, when you did it for the least of these. You know, and one day God will come, hey, thank you for letting me jump on the bouncy castle. And you are like, huh, what are you talking about? No, but when you let that kid do that, you know, and it's so powerful, don't ever underestimate. And who's, who's manning the bouncy castle? All right, bouncy castle people. Just pray for them as they're jumping, right? Just oh God, Your love just saturate. Come on, come on. I have a niece, and I do that all the time. You know, when she was living in our house and she was in the court, right? I'll run over, and just like in Jesus' name. I don't care. You don't even understand anything, but you dream godly dreams. And in the future, you'll grow up and you'll meet with Jesus, and na 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 and just lay it upon them. And you know, when we pray, right, everything is heard by our King. Nothing is ignored. Uh, so don't belittle what, what's going to happen tomorrow. It's, it's incredibly powerful. But okay, so anyway, I am Isaac Ong. If you go like, hey, this guy look Malayu, what's he doing here? Uh, my mother is Indian, father is Chinese. <laughs> Come out, look Malay looking. Rojak, Rojak, okay? Uh, I'm from Menos and We Have God Church. I grew up in that church. I'm a third generation Christian. Grandma, gra- no, grandfather, no. Grandma, Christian, mother, father, everybody. Grew up in church and all that. I am, anyone can guess my age? Oh, uh, not bad, 29, I'm 29 this year, um, and I am currently running the campus ministry in our church. So campus ministry is university, army, ITE, JC, poly, yes, and then those who are like one gap year trying to figure out their lives, don't know what I'm going to do, oh, so I take care of them, um, and I am currently studying at SIM, anyone in SIM? Got right, Noah? Oh, okay, S I M am. And you, okay. S I M I am, and uh, what else? I Yes, and I'm also working. Um, I have a little company where we bring um, schools and companies to third world countries, do humanitarian work uh, in the past. But currently what we're doing is we're working with uh, Singapore Girls Home, um, bringing programs and work with youth delinquents and all that. And I've been to this church before. I was like, why is this church so familiar? I remember five years ago, we wanted to bring and bless some people in Bata, And so we're trying to travel over. And there were a couple of kids, you know, that uh, they needed milk powder or something like that. This sounds like as if you guys, you know. So then someone said that this church gives milk powder. So we came. To, I remember I came. I drove to this church and I picked up milk powder and brought it to Batam. That was, like, I think, six, seven years ago. So I, I've been here before. Yes, but anyway. Okay, so that's kind of what I do a little bit. I just introduce myself so you figure out who is this weird fella. We're also part of FOPX. Myself, Joanne, we're in the committee. Um, and, and, and how many of you were at FOPX Praise and Worship Night? Put up your hands. Oh, come on. How crazy was that? How crazy was that? You know, we, we really, like, because the first time we ever did the prayer meeting, right, only like 20, 30 people turned up. So we thought, ayah, no one's going to come. La. Prayer, young people don't like to pray. Wa, la. Yeah, we are lousy, okay. I, I'm a lousy uh, a leader. Didn't, didn't have enough faith to me. La. And so we said, okay, la, if a few hundred come, they would be awesome. But that being said, we were so hungry. We knew that God is doing something in our city. You know, we knew young people, something that's happening. And then the whole weekend, everyone went to church ready. Everyone's so busy. It's it's in the east side, okay? And like, who's going to come? Who's going to come? And then slowly people start to come. And then we're getting reports. Hey, you know, there's a queue outside the building. We're like, are you serious? You know, are you really serious? And then people come and they fill up the place. And I think you guys were there. The, The whole place was filled up. And then after that, I was like, hey, there's not enough space. Okay, okay, let's clear the chairs to the side. So we move all the chairs to the side, bringing more people. No, there's still a line outside. Huh? Okay, all the guys, come, let's carry chairs and put it aside. So we moved all the chairs. We packed everybody in uh, and thousand, four thousand five people came and it was just a powerful time. And what was incredible, it's like we didn't promote, we didn't say, hey, you know, a big, a big speaker is coming or a big Mo band is coming. It was just like, you know what, let's just come and pray and worship and pray for our nation and people turned up. There was no one that was taking the center stage except God and Jesus. And that us, we wanted to come and pray for our city. So many different denominations, so many different churches. People are sweaty and tired and like, ugh, squeezed in. But we're like, we're we're not going to care. This is for God and this is for our city and we're going to do it 100%. And it's so exciting to see what God is doing in our city and that we are truly born for such a time as this. Like, it's the perfect place to be at. Every single person, it's the perfect place to be at. You know, um... Someone was sharing with me, Isaac. I kind of feel like you know, I wish I was a young person. I wish in this season I was a young person, and I was not like 29 or 30 years old. And I'm like, no, I'm like, for me, I feel like I'm so glad I'm in like the 29, 30, 35. And by the way, in Singapore, right, you're considered a young person until you're 35. So, heads up, okay. So, I'm still she's <laughs> <just> like, <laughs> but I feel like it's so great to be a youth leader at this point. It's so great to be at this age because we kind of understand the lingo of the young people, but then we understand the hearts of the older generation, and we're like, in the bridge, like, hey. This is where we're going to be at. And then the young people are like, yeah, let's do it. Let's make all the mistakes and people forgive us anyway. And then the older people, we've got the money and we've got the wisdom. And we're like, yeah, let's do things and change the world for Singapore. It changed Singapore for Jesus. Yes. Awesome. Okay, so anyway, I'm going to dive into the word. Um... If I'm speaking too fast, you don't understand what I'm saying, just say, Isaac, Isaac, I don't understand. Can you explain this? Can you say that? And if I don't know, I'll just say, talk to her later, okay? And (laughs) she's going to take care of it. Now, I am going to read today from 2 Kings chapter 4. All right? 2 Kings chapter 4. All right? So I'm going to go through this story. And then I'm going to share a little bit of my testimony, and then we're going to pray, and we're going to have an amazing time together. Now, 2 Kings chapter 4, it talks about Elijah and the widow's oil. Everyone say, Elijah. And the? Oh, all right, that's good. Now, a certain woman, all right, of the wives of the sons of the prophets. It's like a rap. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, "'Your servant,' servant, my husband, is dead. "'And you know that your servant feared the Lord. "'And the creditor is coming to take my two sons "'to be his slaves.' "'So Elijah said to her, "'What shall I do for you? "'Tell me, what do you have in the house?' "'And she said, "'Your maidservant has nothing! "'Has nothing!' In the house, but a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere. Everyone say everywhere. From all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you. say shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Say, pour it out. That's good. Now, it came to pass, when the vessels were full, she, that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. Then he said to her, there is not another vessel, so the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, And he said, go, sell the oil, and pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. Lord, we just want to welcome you here, and we pray that, Lord, you would just do whatever you desire to do. We are here, hungry, open, empty vessels to say, Lord, pour it out. We thank you, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I want to talk today, and I've titled the message, Just a Little Oil. Say, Just a Little Oil. Turn to your neighbor and say, if you've got just a little oil on your nose. Okay, no. Just a little oil. Now, this is a story, right, of this woman. And she goes to Elijah and she says this. Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. Now, let me paint the picture. and Let me set the scene for you. This is... Her husband just died. This is not for fun. This is not for fact. This was not like, hey, bro, my husband died, man. You got to help me out. When someone dies, someone you love, someone that's family, someone that you, it's like precious to you, it's not a good situation. And so she's in the house where there is no life and she says, look, your servant, my husband, is dead. What a weird statement to make, right? Like, why do you have to be so descriptive? Just go, hey, bro, he's dead. But you know how when parents are angry? You know, you know, then the, the husband will tell the, the wife, you know, uh, your son, uh, right? Your son uh, has been misbehaving. Oh, sorry, it's not my son, not our son, it's your son. My mother has always done that. My father, uh, your son wants to do this, you go and talk to him, I don't care, right? And so you see here, she she goes, Your servant, your servant, my husband. Alright, because it can't be your husband, right? My husband is dead, and he has been faithful, he's been serving God faithfully. And then that's not that. It doesn't the end there. She goes, and the creditor is coming. The, the, the people are coming because we owe a debt and they're going to come. And because I cannot pay it off, they are going to take my children. True story. I know it's like hard to find the emotional attachment, okay? But you've got to understand where this woman is at. Okay, if some people want to take your phone already, you're like, oh, I lose my phone. I lose my phone. How am I going to post about all my happenings in my life? It's not real unless I Instagram it. It's like, our phones really we lose, we'll be a bit sad. Or we get a bad grade. But talking about a loved one, talk about the child. And so she's in a really terrible spot, in a terrible situation. And Elijah, and the prophets in the Bible are all weird, interesting people, right? Like Elijah goes, hey, what should I do for you? Come on, like give her a break, right? But you tell her these prophets are awesome. And and God speaks to them and they know because He doesn't just say, Tell me what I can do for you. He knows really, but He wants, He wants her to confess, He wants her to, 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 to draw something out of her, to begin to realize something. What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And this woman is like, I just told you my son is dead. I told you I have two sons that is gonna be gone. You're not asking me what do I have in my house? And so she's tired, and she goes, okay, look, I have nothing. I have nothing, nothing, nothing. Okay, but, well, I do have a jar of oil. And then Elijah goes on, okay, go out, go and grab all the empty vessels, all the bowls, all these different things. Bring it into the house, shut the door behind you, and begin to pour this oil. And then the story goes on, they pour out the oil, the oil fills up every single vessel until every single vessel is full, where there is no other vessel left. Then the oil ceased, and then they could sell off the oil. Here's my first point that I want to (coughs) make to you. There is no situation that God cannot turn around. There is no situation that God cannot turn around. I'm going to return to my first point later on, but we're going to go into the second point really quickly. My second point is this. Your breakthrough is in your house your breakthrough is in your house now so you have this lady that says i have nothing there's no way there is no hope there's nothing but then elijah says no but you have the jar of oil well she says i have that job oil." and in the end right this thing where she goes but i have a little bit of oil but i've just got this little bit in the end was the very thing that was her breakthrough was the very thing that rescued her, was the very thing that she thought was insignificant and nothing, but in the end, it was the thing that brought her her breakthrough. And I want to share with you this, right, that your breakthrough in your life and your, your breakthrough in whatever situation that you are looking for or looking at, you're in or you're stuck in, is right now in your life and in your heart and with you. But do you know that? Or are you like, no, no, no. You don't understand, Isaac. My family situation, my school situation, my this, my that, my thoughts, my struggles, my sin, my all these things, I have nothing. All I have is this thing called church. All I have is this thing called like the presence of God. All I have is like a worship. All I have is a song. All I can do maybe is go, oh, this is what you do. Hey, this is what you do. What is that going to do? That's nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. Or when your leader say, hey, you know, just pray, lah. you know, God's with you, like, uh, I'm done with this Christian advice. It's like, no, 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 you know. And sometimes we go for the, we try to find all these new things. We try to find a great word, which is good, but we, we find a great, like, maybe sermon online or, 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 or we go for a conference or we do something that will try to incite something. And I tell you this, right, your breakthrough is in your house. Your breakthrough is in your house. And this woman, right, in the past, the oil would be so precious. It would be something she would work for, she would treasure, she would enjoy. But now it's such a terrible situation, right, she completely forgets that she has this little bit of oil. Your breakthrough is in your house. But would you be able to see it when you truly are in a place or a position right, where there is seeming lack, where there is nothing? A lot of times we do this, we measure the size of our problem as opposed to measuring the size of our God. We know about the story of David and Goliath, right? And if you read the, the story about David and Goliath, right, you, you learned about how they describe Goliath. Wow, he's so big. He's about three meters tall and he has like armor that weighs about 55, 56, 67 kg. Oh, he has a weapon. He has a spear. He has a sword. And they describe him like crazy, And it's any wonder why they were scared. Because they knew every inch about their problem and situation. But when David appeared before at the battlefield, right, he didn't measure. He gave one, like, maybe statement to Goliath. Look, you may come at me with spears and swords. And then he blows it, he lays it down, he might drop. He appears and he begins to magnify and measure the size of God. But I come in the name of the Lord. I have fought the bear and I have fought the lion, and you are going to go down. And a lot of times, we measure the size of our problem and not measure the size of God, and we get completely drowned out. But you need to put things into perspective. If today I drove my uh, Suzuki, a uh, mini Suzuki Swift into the room, right? You're like, oh, what's this car doing here? Oh, it's so cool. Look at the rims. Oh, it's very nice. Blah, blah, blah. And then if somebody, right, comes to the room with like a huge thing, like, right? You kind like, of forget about the, the car because you're completely mesmerized by the tank. Right? It put things into perspective. We need to put our situation into perspective. Why Elijah can be so calm and collected It's not because he has a low EQ. It's not because he's like this dude that doesn't know how to speak to women. But he's so in the presence of God. He's so aware of the God that he serves that he can say, hey, 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 what can I do for you, bro? Right? Sometimes some of our, our, our church leaders are some amazing people. Are, one of my personal heroes is Heidi Baker. Um, And I see some of these godly people, right, they're completely in a mess, right, but they're like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm like, what drugs are they on, seriously, but they just are so aware of the presence of God, and they're so aware that, like, you know what, it's gonna be good, it's gonna be okay, you know when a policeman appears before you and tells you to stop doing something, like, you know, the policeman has passed, he can stand in the middle of the road and he can say, stop, and there's no card of like, no, we don't care. You're just a man, right? Because it's not just about this one individual. You understand there is an army and a force behind him. And he knows that the law is going to back him up. And the same is with for us. A lot of times we forget that we think we're this lone ranger because we don't see the force behind us. But there is a powerful force. Any Star Wars fans here? All right. ask see you about Jesus and you're only Star Wars, right? <laughs> yeah, but I'm not a Star Wars fan. I just only recently caught up with Star Wars last December. I never watched it ever. Absolutely amazing. Because I, I have no time to watch it, but I was on a plane to the US and it's so many hours, so I just watch one by one. I'm like, I can understand, I can understand why this is a religion. Anyway. So we have a powerful force um, and it says, and, and the Word of God says, angels go with us. Do you understand that? Guys, as a, as a third generation Christian, right, I've read the Word of God so many times. I've heard this story of David and Goliath twenty 20th time when a pastor comes up, oh, I'm going to talk today about David and Goliath. I'm like, yeah. And then you're going to talk about how, oh, you can do anything. You might be a small boy and with the stones that you have, God has placed it and you can attack and win the... Right? We know. You know where it's going to go. Oh, the pen is going to come up. Oh, it's going to... You know, I feel like some people here are tired. Who's not tired? Oh, you, But let me tell you, and sometimes that's the danger for us as second and third generation Christian. We get really tired of the Word of God. But as Joanne just points out, like like as before we start, look, the word of God is living and active and sharp. It's not a storybook like Enid Blyton or like Harry Potter. And like, it's like real. It's living and active. And your walk will begin to to go downhill the minute right you allow your walk with God to become religion, where it's just duty and it's just routine without heart. Routine is great, okay? Some people say, "Oh, my my Christian walk is routine." A lot of my 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 young people say, Isaac, my 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 walk with God is is routine, and it's the same every single day. And I say, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Find the heart about it, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. You don't go, I just feel like brushing my teeth every day. It's so routine. Like, I just want to stop doing that, okay? It's like, you know what? Just find the heart, and then maybe we'll get back on it. No, no, no. You understand the value of it, right? And then you'll see that your mouth begins to sting and do whatever. And the same thing, there's some powerful truths in just really daily disciplines of reading the Word and hanging out with God, but don't forget the value of why you do what you do. And understand, of course, more than just brushing teeth, right? These things are powerful. Glory to glory, strength to strength. And like with the parents of God, there's so much to learn, discover in the faith. And, and, and that's one of my personal difficulties. And I always have to tell myself, Isaac, you got to step into a place and you know that God's ready to meet with you every single time. Because God is not sick of encountering us. How can we be sick of the Word and Him? And God knows everything. And God loves us completely, you know. And, and that's awesome. About the, I don't know where I tracked into but that's awesome, the Word of God. Um... Before I talked about I talked religion, angels, the force, yes. But you see, so the policemen understand that. And do we understand that angels go with us? It's not just beautiful poetry. And you know the angels are not your Cupid, like, oh, care bear. Ooh, i got a rainbow on my stomach. Pew, pew. You know, and then, like, I've got arrows. And they're like, oh, hello. It's like they are warriors. They are warriors. They are so intense and crazy. It's amazing. Right? Some of you are very hard to believe, but then if we talk about hantu, pontiana, demon, yeah, yeah, they're very scary. Angels like, hey, <laughs> hey, Look, the angels and the demons fight, and they battle over us. Ephesians 6 talks about that. And I have met people, and I have done uh, deliverance and things like that, and people see armies of angels. And I have seen before an angel before, I tell you, it's absolutely crazy. I have, uh, I, I'm going to be very selective of my stories today, but there was one time I'm going to share with you, and this is the truth about that, that the angels go with us, in Psalms... Ah, Psalms 90 something talks about those who dwell in the secret place, right? Angels will go with you. Those who stay in the secret place and those who hang out in the presence of God. And so, there's one time um, a bunch of my young people uh, decided, and at this age, campus age, right, where they're all like, oh, uh, I don't need to go to school anymore. I can decide when I want to go for classes. Isaac, uh, I think uh, your church is very boring. Uh, and then they like, oh, la-da-da. and so then one time um, they say, hey, you know what? Let's go, like, buy some alcohol and let's go drink and get drunk and blah, 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 blah. So, um, the Word of God says, uh, uh, first of all, by the way, um, there's nothing wrong with drinking, but you cannot get drunk, and if you're a leader, you cannot love alcohol. You cannot be a fan of it, like, woohoo, you know? And at the end of the day, of course, you have to follow your legal government, and of course, it's wise. Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. You understand that? And always submit to your leaders and to your parents and the people that lead and guide you okay, I better put all the terms and conditions, okay? So, um, so, uh, so, so uh, in, in, in our ministry, we said, no, we're not going to drink with one another. That's, that's, that's a huge thing because I don't want it to ever become any part of our culture. And I told, I told them, I said, on your 18th birthday, don't say, Isaac, you want to come down to a bar with me? On your 18th birthday, say, Isaac, can we go to bath? I'm like, do greater things. There's better things to celebrate with your life over alcohol. And I tell them, look, and alcohol tastes absolutely disgusting. We pay $10 for it. We buy Bandung. We buy Milo Dinosaur. We actually can listen and talk to one another with no loud booming music and enjoy sambal steak and it's better so anyway so okay Ah, so anyway i i i was i was they they went to a house of four of them and 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 they kept it secret let's not tell isaac you know forgetting that god sees everything right so then they were in the house and they were all drinking and blah 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 and then i didn't know anything about it i was cool and then somehow someone gets out the word because 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 we are expert stalkers, we know. And, and youth leaders, we pray, you know. You know, some of your parents know things about you. Like, how do you know? Is there a camera in my house? Some of you do have cameras. The others, they just pray to God. So I, sometimes I worry. Like, I feel like my dad just has a camera on me somewhere, but I don't know. But they pray and God speaks to them because, you know, you can discern if you love somebody. And so, someone told me about it. And I was so angry. I was like, how can they do it? So in my anger, I was like, I am going to get out of my house. It was 2 a.m. I'm going to go, to, I'm going to go all the way. They lived in the West in Bukit Batok. And I was like, I'm going to drive from Tempunis all the way to Bukit Batok. I'm going to kick down the door like, you guys are all sinners. <laughs> and then, you know, Daddy God is so loving. You know, once in a while, we try to whip out, but, but he flipped the table, all right, Jesus? So maybe we can flip some tables. Uh, but God said, Isaac, I want you to pray for them. I'm like, pray? <laughs> God, and God's like, could you just pray for them? I'm like, okay, you know, at the end of the day God, you are boss. So it was really tough for me, and I remember I, I laid on the floor... And I just prayed, and I prayed for each of them individually. I said, Lord, the love of God just fall upon them. The love of God just be with them. Lord, I thank you for their life. I didn't even pray. I was so tempted. Oh, God, would you strike them down? Oh, how old, eh? they were so dishonest. You know, I'm so angry because I love. You know, you only can get angry with people you love. If, if you don't love them, you, you really do, can't care less what happens to them. But So I was like, Lord, you know, and I didn't pray that. I says, God, bless them. And I begin to pray, not even about the situation. There. And I says, God, this person is in this school. Will you bless him? God, this person's father is this, and blah, blah, blah. Will you pray, and I spend about half an hour, 45 minutes, just lying on the floor, just praying and worshiping and saying, God, I'm just going to trust you with it. And, and leaders, let me tell you this, if you are apart from God, you can do nothing. The Word of God says, right, abide in me, abide in the Word, and you will be fruitful. Apart from God, we can do nothing. Leadership's absolutely exasperating and tiring and exhausting and burnt out the minute you are more involved in ministry than you are in the presence of God. Your private worship is important. Your, your public worship has to be out of the overflow of your private worship, and that's so important. And so I just prayed, and guess what happens? I found out the next day, you know, it was from 2 to 2.45, I was doing that, and about 2.20-something or 2.30, the angel of the Lord appears in their house, whacks the guy. He was on the sofa, whacks the guy onto the floor, And ask them, what are you doing? And all of them are scared. This is a true story. All four witnesses. It's not some like, it's like, right? And so the angel then speaks to them and says, look, stop it. And says, I want you to go to Isaac and tell Isaac what's going on. I want you to go back to church. And then the angel of God and the work of God is created and like he's, he's so much full of love, right? The parents of God. And then the angel begins to tell the, the owner of the house, like the boy who, who organized this whole thing, right? Uh, this is what your father is doing, you know, because his father was not saved. And, and he and begins to share, you know, th- your father actually has a, nec- mm, yeah, your father has a necklace in the drawer that he must, that it's, it's of another idol. And he never knew because he never saw the father wear the necklace and later on he found out. He found out about it. And what was really cool, I think, because even I would be like so like puzzled by it. And then when before the angel left, the angel said to, the, to, to to this person, go left, go left. The kingdom of God is going left. And then disappears. Oh, no, go west. Eh, Go left. Go west or left. I can't remember exactly. It was a few years back. So the next day, this person calls me and says, like, Isaac, we need to meet. And I don't know. And so I didn't know anything just yet. And I was like, yeah, I think we should, you know. <laughs> So I meet up with him, I'm like, I'm ready for a confession, right? So I go down, hey, bro, what up? So, you know, and we went, I remember we were at Westgate, um, and I, I said, pick a nice restaurant. You know, whenever you ever talk about intense stuff, you got to pick a very nice meal before you slaughter them, and just like, you want to ask a girl, okay? <laughs> so, so, so we ate, you know, and then he begins to share the story, and he's the one that shocks me. And I'm like, and I'm just like in tears, and I'm like, wow, God, Crazy absolutely crazy. Um, And then he shares, and then he mentions this, go left, go left, or go west. I can't remember the exact word, but what was really cool, can I tell you, I was walking past my senior pastor's office, um, and I was walking past, and then he said, hey, Isaac, Isaac, come here. So I, I went to him, and he says, I just want to tell you something very fun and exciting. I'm like, oh no, oh, daddy stories. And it's like, no, but he's cool. So he says, you know, I tell you, uh, a lot of pastors and prophets right, are saying right, that the kingdom of God uh, is going, I can't remember left or west, it's going left and west. And he showed me geographically. So I was like, oh, okay, that's very interesting. But that was before I met this kid. And so when I met this kid, and he said, that, he says, hey, Isaac, what does that mean? Why did the angel before he leaves say this to me? I knew that was the angels were saying, Isaac, it's really like, this is what I want. I want to share with you. I want to confirm, to confirm that it was really angel. Because I was like, is it some demon or like, you know, whatever. And it was so amazing and awesome. And can I just tell you something even more sad? This kid is not in church anymore. You know, sometimes you make these statements and claims that if God appears to me of an angel, I completely give my life to Jesus, right? Or how many of you say, God, if you give me this great, I promise you I'll give you my life. I'll be the most best kid ever, right? But then you don't. (laughs) You completely back out. How many of you've gone, when you were a kid, right, you go to your parents and say, Mommy, Mommy, Daddy, if you give me this place, give me this one, I promise you I'll be the best kid. I'll score all the grades. I promise, I promise, I promise, I promise. And your parents probably got it for you anyways, and they knew that you wouldn't, right? And at some point, you're like, "Stop it, ah, this controller don't work anymore. And then you just throw it away, and you don't care, right? And sometimes we do that with God. We say that, God, if you just give me this miracle, my entire life will change. If that was true, then God would move just in complete, just soul miracle. But the greatest miracle was this. He moved in love. And he paid the price on the cross for you. And he says, God is love. Love is what changes someone, not the miracle, not even just the deed. Those things are awesome, but we pursue the giver, and not the gift. And as you pursue the giver and the relationship with God, that's what really stays and sticks through. And this kid and this kid was also the same kid that a few years before said this, Isaac, if an angel appeared to me, I would definitely give my life to God. And, and an angel did. And I tell you, there is far greater things which is dwelling in the plans of God. That's why you read the Word of God, it's so important. It says to dwell in the secret place, not dwell in the midst of miracles. These things will follow. The Word of God in Psalms 23 says, surely mercy and goodness will follow me all the days of my life. But a lot of times we we try to find the goodness, we pursue the goodness. No, we just pursue God and let the goodness and the mercy follow us. As we pursue the one who is good and the one who is love. I don't know why I shared that, but I felt like I needed to share that. Um, But it is true. This Word of God is powerful, living, and active. And it's for everybody. Someone say, oh, but Isaac, I'm not the anointed one. I'm not like, you know, your pastor and your leader. I'm not the spiritual, oh, holy, 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 float around kind. Let me tell you, in the past and in the Old Testament, God would pick out select people to carry His presence, to do His work. But in Acts 2, it says, right, His Spirit pours out on all flesh on every single person. So every single person here today is an anointed man and woman of God and nobody is loved differently. God loves everybody uniquely. But everybody, every single person has the access to step into the presence of God and says, God, I want all of you because He's promised that His Spirit will pour out on all flesh, on every single person. My point number three here, second was your breakthrough is in your house. Point number three is choose your sight. Choose the voice you will listen to. And that's so important. So you've got the word of God. And so Elijah tells this woman, look, go and get all the empty vessels, shut the door behind you, and begin to fill it up with this oil. And you have to decide, right, the voices that we listen to. We have to decide the voices that we listen to. The word of God that we listen to. And so she decided, okay, I will listen to the instruction. Can you imagine? She goes, No! You just don't understand me and understand my situation. Who is empty is me. I don't need any more empty vessel. But she goes, I trust, I trust the man of God. And look, this is a husband who has been faithful, you know, to God, and he's dead. And if you do the math, it would make sense to just go, no, no, no. When we trust in you, things fail. There's no way I'm gonna do it. But with that little faith, she just go, I'm just gonna do that. You need to choose for yourself who you serve and choose the side. Is it you? Who is it that you're going to obey and listen and abide by and stay in and go, God, I will run with you all the way. It's kind of like taking a plane. Any of you sat on a plane before and there's turbulence in the plane? Yes? Who enjoys it? I kind of secretly enjoy it. I'm like, yeah! Okay? Uh, so when, when the plane is on turbulence, right, and then the pilot says, all right, everyone, please take your seats and fasten your seatbelts and all that. Who? gets out of their seat and go. no, we're all going to die. And then they run to the door, they open the door and they jump out like, no. No, right? Everyone shuts up, sits in their seat and go, okay, 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 okay. okay, I will listen to you. But with God, right, a lot of times we do that. When there's a bit of turbulence in our walk, God, you, are lousy. You don't know anything about me. Oh, I don't understand. And then you jump. And then you don't get to destination. You get hurt. You die. And then you go, God has never been faithful. No, you were not faithful in going all the way with the journey. If you can trust, you trust the pilot because you go, what do I know? What do I know about the sky and clouds and flying? What do I know about flying a plane? What do you know about life and eternity? What do you know about the beginning and the end? What do you know about the true power and the grandeur of God and the majesty and his faithfulness? And the little that you know, you go, okay, but I know the pilot has been trained, and he knows this stuff, and he has flew before, and okay, I'm going to stay with it. You have heard testimonies before. You have read the Word of God. This is, this is proved time over and over of God's faithful flying and His loyalty and His goodness. And so when God says, put on the seatbelt, and your heart and your mind says, no, run out and jump out right now, you have to decide, which voice am I going to listen to? And the Word of God says, you bring every thought captive to Him. Choose your sight, the voice you will listen to. The fourth thing that she, this woman did and was instructed of her was shut the door. And it's interesting. That was such, like, to me, I'm thinking, why do you even need to make that statement? Just go fill it up. But she says, shut the door. And even the Bible goes on the sanitary. Every word of the Bible is so important to understand. And then even later on, she says, and so she went and she shut the door behind her. What for? Like, is someone going to come in to steal or, like, you know, they needed, like, ambience and all that? But I feel what, what was needed about the shutting the door, and for us in our context today, would we'll be deciding that, look, I'm just completely going to be focused in what God is doing right here in this moment. And I'm going to shut the door to the distractions and the things outside. And we need to shut the door on those things. To come to God and says, God, I'm gonna shut the door to fear, to pride, to doubt, to different things like that. I'm gonna shut the door behind these things. I'm gonna focus and just really stepping into Your presence and just w- being so fixated, God, on what You're doing in my life. And sometimes you won't feel it. You know that love is more than just a, a feeling. A lot of time we associate with that, or the presence of God. We, are, we you know, I don't feel the presence of God. It's more than a feeling. It's a commitment. It's a commitment. You know, when, when, when couples get married, they don't go, you know, baby, I feel that I love you. I feel that we should get married for 20 years. I feel, it's like, to, it's a hip, it's like to death do us part. I'm going to love you in sickness and in health. And it's not like the moment they're like, oh, baby, my pumpkin, my teddy bear. But then when, when the rubber hits the road and marriage actually goes down, and ask anybody that's married, I'm not married, but I, I, I've seen married people and I've seen my own mom and dad. It's tough. It's really tough. And some days you'll wake up and you'll look at your wife or your husband and you go, oh, wow. But like love keeps on with that. And it's not about a feeling, it's the commitment. It's a commitment. You know? And it's important for us to understand that. And so we may not feel the presence of God, but God is still at work and God is doing that because we belittle the presence of God when we might, we, we completely just say he's just a feeling. He's more than just a feeling. Choose your side. Shut the door. Watch what is going. Number five, there's nothing wrong with the oil. Everyone okay? Doing so good so far? I'm going to lay these down so that later when I share a bit of my testimony, you will understand the context, and I really just want to pray for you thereafter. There's nothing wrong with the oil. All right, hear this. Can the devil touch the presence of God or mess up with the anointing of God? He cannot. The Word of God says where light is present, darkness ceases to exist. The devil has no power over God. The devil cannot stand with the presence of God says, hey, stop! Jesus, be silent, I am here. Jesus will be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so come here right now, whoosh, right? The presence of God is untouchable. In the past, do you know that now we can enjoy like being in the Holy of Holies and being the presence of God, oh, you know, you're a good, good father, oh, you presence of God. In the past, they couldn't enter the Holy of Holies. Not anybody could enter into the Holy of Holies. In fact, when the, when the, when the Chosen One would go into the Holy of Holies, right, they would have tie a string to his leg, and then they put a bell uh, to his leg, and then they would, they would hear, ching, 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 ching. And if you don't hear the bell ring anymore. It means that the guy died because the presence of God is so holy. And, not, and God's not like testing him. Ah, did you write correctly? The presence itself right, is holy. It's not a thought. It's a characteristic attribute. Right? It's It's holy. And sin cannot stand in the presence of God. And so if a man comes in sinful, he will be completely wrecked and killed. And then the string is for them to drag out the body because nobody's going to go in to the Holy of Holies. But now we can step into the Holy of Holies and go, Oh Lord, you're so awesome. And we're not, we're not killed or whatever because God tore the veil and his blood covered us. But a lot of times we take it for granted, yes? Hmm, the song today, ah. Uh, mm, nice, huh? Oops, I'm sorry. I didn't know worship was about you. Right? I exalt thee. Oh, I love this song. Uh, mm, I feel the presence of God right now. And then another song, maybe, uh, uh, uh. With Christ in the vessel, we can smile at the storm. Uh, So kiddy one, uh, the one. uh. Crazy! This is the presence of God we're talking about. Don't bring your song preference or whatever. It's all about Jesus all the time, 100%. There's nothing wrong with the oil. I need to stay on track. There's nothing wrong with the oil. So the devil, listen to, listen to me, the devil cannot touch the prince of God, right? So you know what he does? Who can he touch and who can he mess around with? <clears throat> he cannot mess around with the oil, but he can mess
2: around with the vessel.
0: He can, he's here to steal, kill, and destroy. He can mess around with the vessel. So you read the story, right? The oil doesn't stop because there was something wrong with the oil. The oil stopped because there was something wrong with the vessel. There was not enough vessels. And so they all stopped. And it's the same with us. And who's this vessel by now? You will connect the dots. We are the vessel. We are the vessel. There is nothing wrong with the anointing of God. God, where are you? What's wrong with you? There is nothing wrong with me. Just open up your heart and receive me. But do we bring that? But I tell you this, the devil knows that he cannot stand in the presence of God. He cannot compete with the presence of God. He cannot touch the anointing because where light is, darkness ceases to exist. So he goes with the vessel and the word of God says he is here to steal, kill and destroy. The devil is here to steal, kill and destroy. So he tries to break and destroy the vessel he makes you distracted he makes you hurt he brings situation in your life he will he will make you like so full of doubt but so full of hate so full of anger you can step into the presence of god you can even be leading worship here and you can completely be not filled with the presence of god the presence of god is all around you but not in you because the devil has a way with the vessel but let me tell you this, where the presence of God is, there is freedom. Where the presence of God is, there's liberty. Where the presence of God is, darkness ceases to exist. And if we fill our lives with the presence of God, the devil goes, you are untouchable. One of the things that God has allowed me to do in ministry is, is in doing uh, deliverances. And his presence goes with us. And every time we do deliverance, I tell you, every single manifestation, every single uh demonic manifestation, the minute we say at the name of Jesus, if I go at the name of Isaac, they don't even care. But the minute we say at the name of Jesus, every new about Every time confess that Jesus Christ is lost. We command you to get out every single time. 100% passing rate. There is no failing rate with the parents of God. The demon flees. Because they know the authority of God. But do we know? Do we allow our vessels to be wrecked? And the devil will do that. It's okay, I'm going to wreck the vessel. I'm going to make sure one less vessel comes into the house of God. One less vessel comes to know Jesus. Any, any wonder why abortion is on the rise? Let me destroy every vessel. When Moses and when Jesus was, 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 was coming on earth and he had to Look for a vessel, they tried to kill all the firstborns. The devil will try always, let me try to stop and destroy the vessel. Every single time. And that's what the devil wants to do with us. But let me tell you this, that if you dare to surrender and give your life to God and God fills you up completely, the devil can't touch you. He can't. There is nothing wrong with the anointing. There is nothing wrong with the parents of God. There is nothing wrong with the oil. There is nothing. But the vessel, we need to come and be surrendered. and says, God, I will empty of myself, and I will give myself to you. My final point on this, and then I'm going to share my word, and we're going to pray, and we'll be out of here. The oil changes everything. The oil changes everything. Everyone doing okay? Yeah? What does this mean? Now, how many of you love Starbucks? Oh, no, not Starbucks. I'm not a fan of Starbucks, but I thought millennials, they love Starbucks, right? Anyone watch the Mr. Brown on the, the, the teaching of, so funny, right? I can't even, right? Super funny. Anyway, you should watch Mr. Brown on like the, the, the millennial slang. Um, anyway, so, okay, so anyone here buy Starbucks? Anyone's a gold member on Starbucks? Be ashamed right now, be ashamed. Okay, no. I have a guy, he's like, he's like a guy, he's like a man, but he's like completely white girl, always drink Starbucks. I'm like, ah, girlfriend. Um, so, 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 Starbucks, right? It's crazy amount, coffee, whatever, but no one goes to Starbucks, or not anyone I know, that goes and pays $7.20 just for the Starbucks cup. What gives the value to the Starbucks cup? And we're just going to talk about very literal, no branding, no... Actually, I think it's the brand that gives the value because the cost price of the coffee is actually quite cheap. But just follow along with me, Okay. The, 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 the what gives value to this Starbucks cup is that if there's a frappuccino or whatever drink in it. The cup itself means nothing until the coffee is poured into it. And then you go, woo! This is good Starbucks coffee or whatever. It's, it's kind of like there is nothing much to... You don't go to the, uh, the chicken rice store, right? And then you go... Oh, I just cannot wait for the brown paper. Oh my goodness. The way the brown paper falls and the way the rubber band just snaps onto the brown paper. That's what I live for. No, you go there and you go, I'm buying the chicken rice, right? It's the chicken rice inside the chicken rice packet. That is awesome. It's the pizza in the pizza box. That is awesome. And we need these things. You can't go to the chicken rice uncle and say, Uncle, Ika ti 鞠... right? And i like, okay, give me your hand. and you put your hand in. Ha-ha. <laughs> okay, right? Or you cannot go to the Starbucks guy and say, okay, I want a, I don't know what your drink is, a caramel macchiato, right? Venti grande, whatever. You know, and then he pours into your hands, right? And like, oh, yeah, right? See, the, the box and the plastic and the whatever, right, It's nothing much to look at. It's not much of a big deal, but when it's poured and it's filled with something, the value absolutely and completely changes. All of us here are the vessels. Some of you are Starbucks, company. some of you are the brown people, that's me, right? Some of you are like the, the pizza boxes, and your value is not much. We are not much to look at, to be honest, until something of value fills our life. And we know the world is constantly in search right, of branding themselves. Every single person is trying to, to to put a reputation and a name for themselves. Yes, you know, all like, 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 like oh, I got to look prettier, and I got to look more... I'm just going to talk about this topic, uh, like, you know, more muscular, hashtag gains, bro. You know, and we try to do all these things to put some sort of worth and value in our lives. But we know that we're never satisfied. There's always more money to be earned. There's always a greater position. There's always someone that's prettier, someone that's uglier, someone, that, you know, someone that's smarter. All these things, there's always someone, 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 someone. And there's never that value that really satisf- satisfies us. But let me tell you, it's the Prince of God that will, gives us the, that will give us the value and changes the vessel completely. Completely. You have to decide what you're going to fill your life up with. Some of you go, Isaac, you know, I'm in a great school, and I have great friends, and I have like 2,000 followers on my Instagram, and I have all these things, but Isaac, I'm still so empty because the only thing that's going to satisfy is the love and the presence of God. If truly all these things would satisfy, Hollywood would be the happiest place on earth. And you and I know Hollywood is not the happiest place on earth. They've got all the, the money, the family, the blood, not family, but well, they have all the money, they have the staff, they have the goods and all that, but they're still so lonely and broken because it's the, only the parents of God that satisfy. I go into the mission field and I see all, if, if, if you've gone to the mission field before, the, a lot of the kids there are absolutely some of the most happiest people on earth. It's not about how much you have, it's who you have in your heart. And these kids right, can be completely just have nothing, but because of God, they have so much in their lives. And I can also, and I've met people, rich businessmen, one of the richest men in Singapore, completely on fire, loves God. And he's so filled with goodness and, and, and love, and he's so happy because that's what truly defines him. The all changes everything. When we have the presence of God in our lives, it changes everything. We know that we can walk into the room and a situation can completely change because the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon us. And we can change the atmosphere of the room because of the God that lives with us. The value of the box change, But I tell you this, you are the vessel that the devil wants to constantly steal, kill and destroy and he wants to keep breaking you down. He wants to always break your esteem. Look, if I can just make this person believe that he is nothing, he is worth absolutely nothing. Keep look at yourself, look at the mirror, look how horrible you are, look at how stupid you are, look at your grace, look at your this, you know, your family doesn't love you, and you go, Ah, I am nothing. That you cannot fill yourself with the true value that you're supposed to be, which is the presence of God. And when we understand that, we can enter into any situation, any situation and say, God, you are with me and I'm awesome and amazing because you are with me. I am good because you are good. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not just the word. It's not just words on a paper. It's truth, and it's my truth. God, Jesus, you are the way, you are the truth, and you are life. And that's what I'm going to define myself with. That's what's going to be of my vessel. And that value absolutely changes. And some of you, I feel really strongly that, you put too many horrible things in your life. You fill yourself up and you're, you don't even know where you stand. You don't even know your identity. And then you can't live the full life that God has called you to live. And you read the Bible, I've come to give you life and life abundantly. And you go, what nonsense is this word of God? What hype is this prince of God? What hype is this pastor preaching? It's not. It's because you don't know the identity. You don't know the truth. And the truth you cannot receive. The word of God says, right, if you are, if you are, if you are not hungry, right, even honey is not sweet to those who are not hungry. The presence of God can be so amazing, you absolutely deny it because there needs to be an identity shift. There needs to be an emptying and a surrender and says, God, will you fill my life up? And when you allow God to fill your life up, I, I tell you, watch this. You begin to do the thing that God has called you to do because God has put you here for a purpose. I'm just, don't turn to it, but I'm just going to read out. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 says this, and listen to me. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and, and ourselves your bond servants for Jesus' sake. For it is for it is the God who command For it is for it is the God who command I am my handwriting. I have to read you this verse. I'm gonna get it done. Okay? Everyone doing okay? Could you give me like ten minutes more of your time? Sure? Are you angry? Okay, great. Joanne, everything okay? Okay. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, and listen to this. If you go, Isaac, haha, that's a very nice, interesting concept. We are saying, so cute, I am the vessel, and there's nothing much to us, but we carry an awesome thing. No, it's in the Word of God, okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, I'm going to read from the message version, okay? Okay, from 5 onwards, it says this, remember... Our message is not about ourselves. We are proclaiming Jesus Christ the Master. All we are is messengers, errand runners from Jesus for you. It started when God said, light up the darkness and our lives, listen to this, filled up with, life as, with light as we saw and understood God in the face of Christ, all bright and beautiful. Now, everybody, listen to this. If you only look at us, you might well miss the brightness. We carry this precious precious message around in the unadorned clay pots of our ordinary lives. That's to prevent anyone from confusing God's incomparable power with us. As it is, there's not much chance of that. You know for yourselves that we're not much to look at. We've been surrounded and battered by tribals, but we're not demoralized. We're not sure what to do, but we know that God knows what to do. We've been spiritually terrorized, but God hasn't left our side. We've been thrown down, but we haven't broken. What they did to Jesus, they do to us trial, torture, mockery, and murder. What Jesus did among them, He does in us. He lives. Our lives are at constant risk for Jesus' sake, which makes Jesus' life all the more evident in us. While we're going through the worst, You're getting in on the best. We are not much to look at. We are but brittle, fragile jars of clay, but we carry the hope of glory in our lives and that changes every single thing. And if you go, Isaac, I'm not deserving of it. Isaac, I'm not deserving of it. I'm a sinner. I have this problem. I didn't follow things with this God, da, 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 with God, and I didn't do these things. And I have this past. Let me tell you, that is the ploy of the devil to steal, kill, and destroy, and keep making you believe as if any of that is going to define your value and your worth. And you need to go, go, God. Look, I am a complete sinner. I'm a wreck and I'm a mess. But Lord, with you, you can redeem everything, and your blood covers everything. And I want to walk with you 100. percent Maybe Joanne is perfect, but I'm far from perfect. I am such a fool and a sinner and a broken person. And sometimes I go, God, I don't, and then some prophets will go, you know, God just says you're such an awesome man of God. And I feel like, if only you knew what's really going on in my life, I don't think you'll say that. And I'm like, no, the word of God says true that he loves us completely. Do you know that? And, his, and and where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. And it's not that, oh, let me hide your sin. <laughs> God is not one who hides God takes your sin and He puts it on the cross and it says it is forgiven. And you might repeat the same mistake and God says, come, keep coming and running to me. I read people like David. You know what David was called? A man after God's heart. But have you read Psalms? You know how schizo Psalms is? Full moon, oh the glory of the Lord is upon us, oh I praise you and I dance upon you. And then the next time, oh, you have forsaken me and I don't know where you are. Why you do this to me? And then next time, oh you're beautiful, oh the skies, oh, even the wheels are singing to you. Ah, oh, oh my enemies are after me. And I'm like, that's me. That's my Instagram story. That's me. Like there's some days I wake up and I go, God, you're awesome! F-O-P-X. Oh, everybody, this is what you do. This is what you do. The next morning I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> Why is my bank account like crap? But every day I say, you know, God, you define my value of my worth, and I choose to follow you 100%. And God says, come, my boy, I will set you up, and I will do things with you, and I want to use you. I'm going to finish off with this. I know I spoke really long today, uh, but I really felt like I needed to lay this down so importantly for us because the word of God is the one thing that will not return void. My testimony can be forgotten, but though it's powerful because we... We destroyed the devil by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. But I wanted to bring the word of God because I know that's what's going to stay in your heart and you're going to remember. And I hope when you read the story in the future, you'll go, God, this is so awesome. I am that vessel and I'm coming to you. Fill my life and you define my value and my worth. Nothing else, not even my good deeds, define my value and my worth. None of it. None of it. I tell this, everyone listen to me. Even, even if I do 200 days of good service, I do the most amazing things and I do not sin. And I I do incredible things, lovely things, and I do not sin for 200 days. There's nothing compared to a person that says, God, I surrender my life to you. Help me and forgive me. Because it's only by the blood of the Lamb that we are forgiven and we are whole, not by good deeds. Not by good deeds. And then when you recognize your position and your identity, then out of that, you live a life that is fruitful. And you live a life that is full of love and joy and you bless people. Not because you're trying to prove your worth, because you understand your worth. And you understand it in the presence of God. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to wrap it up. I promise you. Wow, you why did they put this face there? Okay, so that's me anyway. <laughs> I'm going to jump. I'm going to fly through this in five minutes. Okay? Can you go to the first slide? Thank you, my friends. You don't know how? Just Scroll. Oh, oh, hey, I'm in control. I've got it. Don't worry, my friends. Let me see if I can control it. I do, oh, perfect. I could do it. Okay. OK, so Ephesians chapter four verse 10 says, "For we are God's masterpiece, He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. Look, you are God's masterpiece. This is not poetry. This is not just nice words. This is truth. Do you understand that? You are God's masterpiece. When someone says you are the masterpiece, you are the best piece he's ever created. How crazy is that? For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. When his presence fill our life up, the value of our life completely changes. Completely changes, guys. And we are new. You sang that song in the beginning. This is what you do, this is what you do, you make me come alive, you make me come alive, you make me come alive. This is not karaoke. You make, you have to understand what are we singing, he makes us come
1: alive. It's like we're living for the first time,
0: it's like we're living for the first time. This is the truth. Crazy, love that song. Anyway. Anyway. So when I was 14, right, I said, Lord, tell me what you want me to do. And so you look at this handsome hunk, right? This is me at 14 years old. So I'm the kind of guy you want to slap, right, and nobody wants to be friends with, right? So at 14 years, I said, God, what is it that you wanted me to do? You say I'm your masterpiece. You say there's a purpose for my life. Tell me what is it you want me to do. And so I'm going to fast forward. God said, Isaac... You, and he gave me a vision, he gave me a vision of me playing Christian music on the radio. And I went, awesome. And then he says, Isaac, I'm going to use you through the media industry, and I'm going to really use you to bring God's goodness. I said, yes, Lord. So as a 14-year-old boy, I'm like, so sorry, can you imagine at 14, I'm like, how bit like? Okay, no, no. Focus, focus. Okay. So so then I I I I I go to my pastor and every good pastor. I say, Pastor, 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 the Lord say, huh? I'm gonna I'm gonna be used in the media, I'm gonna play Christian music, I'm gonna set up a radio station, because that's only what I could understand. And so any good pastor, oh, I believe in you, son. You know, God's going to use you. Huh? So I studied really hard. I was a normal academic, and then I jumped to express, and then I failed horribly. At prelims, I got 39 or 42 points. I need to figure that out so that my testimony shot. 42 or 39 points. Absolutely wrecked it. Prayed to God. Say, God, please, if you help me, I'll give you my life. Lies. But then God said, okay. So at O-levels, I got 12 points. Miracle from 39 to 12 points. Any O-level people, don't do that, Okay. <laughs> Uh, so t- 12 points, I got into massic poly, I did mass communication. I did it. Alright, so I'm 1429. I'm gonna fast forward. This is some of the mission work that I did. Um, okay, great. Um so then I had afro, right there, that's me at the top right, at the gold afro, okay um so When I went to to, to Massac Poly, remember that prayer? God, if you give me like 12 points, I will give you my life. I didn't give him my life. I left church. I told my leaders, you guys are drama. All this church, church thing, holy, holy. I don't want to be part of that. I told them, stop praying for me. It's you who need prayer. I was an absolutely arrogant boy. I went to drink, get drunk, get drunk and like like completely get lost in Clark Key and all that. Um, and then I went to the mission field one day. My leader said, Isaac, why don't you go to the mission trip? Because I know that you may not seem to love God, but I know you love people, so why don't you come? So I said, okay, I'll go, but I don't want to do your holy, holy Jesus whole hand cry out for God. And I was so arrogant, but she's like, you know, it's okay, just come. I went there, God wrecked me. I saw these kids absolutely wrecked. And I said, God, what am I doing with my life? Gave my life to Jesus. And I tell you, in the last 15 years, there have been many moments where I leave and come, leave and come, leave and come, I'm like, uh... But then as I grew older, I really decided for myself, you know, God is the person that I want to be faithful and stay with, you know, because nothing else satisfies. So from 14 all the way to 29, right, God gives me this word that, Isaac, I'm going to use you in the media industry. And every year, right, some prophet and some missionary and someone who doesn't know me will come and say, the Lord says you're going to be in the media industry. And I'm like, oh, awesome, in the beginning years. And then it became very tiring and frustrating because I got nowhere with this media dream. And I'm like, this is a joke. And I would say, God, if no one tells me that I'm going to be caught to it every year, you must send someone. If no one tells me, I'm going to quit because I don't want to do it. And then there was one year I remember that no one told me. And then it was December and I was in Hong Kong. I remember this very clearly. And then I went to sleep. And then my pastor appears in my dream. And he says, you, don't quit. You, don't quit. You, don't quit. I wake up, right, and I spent like an hour just crying and crying and crying and crying and crying. I went to a pastor, you appeared in my dream, you tell me not to quit. Okay, so anyway. Why it's been so hard, right? So for 15 years, and this is not a hobby. This is what I feel is my life. call. And everybody, we, we, we may find different things that we feel that God has called us to do. But for 15 years, I've only done about four to five works. That is a joke. I'm a joke. One of my greatest works, right, in this media thing, right, is if you go to URA, right, and then they have this game where you build the buildings, right? I am that guy, right, that appears and go, hey, good job. And I disappear. Hey, oops, time is up. That is one of my greatest works in the media industry. Not even tangli, not even like the, the one at the back, like, eh. Hey. You know, like, not even the tree in the background. The tree has more airtime than me. And, like, and I'm just like, God, seriously, I don't want to do this. And I tell you, um, so many times the devil would try to break this vessel. And they will completely, and the media industry is very, very rough. And they'll be like, Aiyah, yeah, you look so ugly, you look so weird. You say you're Chinese, but then you look Malay, but then you don't speak Chinese, but then you don't speak Malay, we don't know what to do with you. Ayah, yeah, you are so and they will be very brutal. You're so short. If we have a girl, MC she'll be taller than you, and you'll just be really weird for TV. You know, we cannot place you anywhere. And I would constantly get wrecked, wreck, 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 and I really would just be so depressed and so heavy-hearted. But every year someone says, Oh, God's gonna use you. <sighs> you can hear. And um, so so. I eventually managed to to get one gig, right? And then I get this one gig and I'm like so excited and I went to perform, act everything. And then the next day, my friend calls me um, it was a theater production. Uh, the, the, the journalists were there. I was like, dude, 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 you are on newspaper half a page, bro. And I'm like, is this it? Is this what God has called me to do? I'm like, yeah. I open it, and you know, guys, like, we just, like, rave about things, that we don't actually read stuff. You know, some of the Facebook articles that you share, you never read it, right? You read the caption, and go, ah, you are terrible. So I, 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 he, I open it, and I have to read it, right? Because it's about me. And so my picture, half a page, is there. And it says, right, that basically I didn't know what to do with my hands. And they talked about how the production was good. The cast was good, but I was unexpressive and I was a joke. One thing to commend that you suck, and another thing to be on national paper and say that you suck. And so theater practitioners are all reading this and going, okay, noted. Isaac like, Ong is not the person we want to hire. And I completely wept. I'm a crier, by the way. I cry. Ellen DeGeneres, I cry all the time. When they give the free house, I'm like, ah, oh. right. So, so I wept. Um, um, I did another production, and then they, they, there was one line they said Isaac Ong was engaging, and I celebrated. I'm like, "Yeah!" So that's the second successful production. I did another production where we were practicing for one year, and it was going good. Um, and then into that one year, while well, we entered to the next year to do the production, national service calls and says you have to go and go and serve the nation. I'm like. So we went out as a director, but, but he's in a theatre production, but you're not Joseph Schooling. Hmm. So, <laughs> you know, and so then, and, and we couldn't, and I, I, I couldn't, and, and I had to come out of the production. And guess what I, did? I cried. I cried like a baby. It's like, God, what is this? Like, why year you ask me to do this? Eh? I felt really very tired, very exhausted. Then another moment came where... <clears throat> I was called by a big-time director, went for auditions, and said, congratulations, you're in the main cast of a movie. I'm like, yeah, this is it. You know, God, maybe this is what you're calling me to do, you know? And then, while I'm about to sign the contract, um, God says, Isaac, turn it down. I'm like, what is going on? And then, you know, at that time, I was working in the chaplaincy of St. Hilda's Secondary School. Uh, So, St. Hilda's, I was a punk, and I played around, and... Uh, my, one of my prayers, I said, God, will you give me access back into this school? Because I want to kind of bless this school. And they opened the doors and the chaplaincy team. And God said, Isaac, I want you to stay in this school because if you join the movie um, and you join this production, you'll be gone for the rest of the school. And there's a bunch of people I need you to minister to. And I went, oh, my Lord. So I went to the director and I said, I can't do it. And he's like, are you crazy? This movie is going to be big and you're going you're gonna to do incredible things with it in Asia and all that. And I says, I'm sorry, but at the end of the day, my talent manager is God beyond above anyone else and anything. And I serve God and this is who I'm serving. So I turned it down and I wept again. Uh, this movie now we know is Our Boys to Men. And at that time, I was supposed to do Our Boys to Men with, with Tosh and all these people. And so it was, maybe for if you go, oh, it's not a big film. But for me, right, it's important for me to get to that platform because I want to tell people about God. And that was incredibly important to me. So when I went to watch Our Boys to Men, guess what, when I cried? <laughs> when the, our boys to men, I'm like, oh. <laughs> people are like, this guy is like, really? Okay, he really loves national service, you know. Um, so so my life just went around in circles, like just around like that, and I just felt like it was so tiring. But every single time I said, um, and, and, and I'm, not, I'm not a champion all the time. There are days and there are seasons of like defeat. There are days and seasons where I really was angry with God, and I, even to the point I hated God, and I felt like God was treating me like a joke. But I always come before God. I always surrender. I say, God, I really don't know what to do, you know. I really don't know what to do. I need you. I'm going to trust you with my life. And through all these time, if you, you, you check my emails, you have hundreds of emails that I've sent on, complete rejection, five jobs, 15 years. Are you delusional, Isaac, or are you brave? I don't know. Sometimes, to be honest, but but God always keeps speaking, you know. So uh, this this the I kept all these like contracts and all that so that one day I can give to my child. I tell you, are your father. Last time was inside, supposed to be in the show on, okay? Um, for we are God's masterpiece, and I remembered. Isaiah 61 that says the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he feels and he defines me and I tell you it's one of the toughest things when you get constant rejection and you have to still stand and say God you've given me a dream and as I share today I'm not scared and I boldly share it because it's him who defines me it's not the number of drops I get it's his word and his truth and that's tough because some people will look at me and people have asked me for are you delusional? like are you a bit crazy? I'm like yeah I'm seriously crazy for God and then I read the word it's the foolish people that will shame the wise and go I think I will be okay right Look, you've got to take the word as it is. If not, I don't know what's the point. Don't dilute. Who likes diluted Milo? Don't play, okay? Don't play around. Give me Milo as it's legit. Same with the word of God. Don't pour water into it and try to feed the situation. No, the situation follows the word. Not the word follows the situation, okay? So what happened was... <sighs> okay, I'm going to speed through this. So what happened was anyway... There was a time absolutely broken, no much money, doing nothing, and then there was a taxi fare hike in Singapore, and everyone was complaining, and at that time, there was no Uber, there was no Grab, whatever, so you only sit in regular taxis. And I remember in December, I told my friends, hey guys, I feel really like, let's do something. Let's grab my father's car, right? And let's take my father's car, put a huge sign of the word free rides on it, go around Singapore and ask people to come into my car and give, it, give them free rides. And my friends said, why not? these are my poly mass conference, they're always like, yeah, let's go, bro, so I was like, yeah, let's go, so I did that, I looked at my hands, what do I have on my father's car keys, great, okay, I have a drawing block, I wrote free rides, and once again, there was no Grab or Uber, so it's strange to go into a stranger's car, so I got into the car, I brought a nice girl, uh, girl, pretty-looking, or oh, decent-looking friend face to come with me, because can't imagine if, like, I'm alone in the car, right, and I dropped you, hey, hello, you know, you wanna, <laughs> you're like, dude, what are you trying to do, so she was the one that, hey, do you want to come into the car, and then we, <laughs> okay, no, so... Went to the car, we gave free rides, we did it, and my, my mission to do this was seriously to just um, bring love, because it's a season, it's Christmas season, I just go, you know what, we shouldn't be complaining, God is awesome, and let's just do that, so we gave it, we put it on YouTube uh, for our mass conference to see, but the next day, it, it, things are being passed around, it got viral, today viral is 200k, but at that time... The veterans of the YouTube, no we're not lah. Twenty thousand was like viral, and so then the newspaper called and everybody called like broadcast stations and all that. They would call like, hey, you know, we want to interview you. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And it was great because I could tell them, well, 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 I'm doing this because God loves us, so we love other people. They're like, oh, right. Like sometimes Jesus is such a vulgar word, right? Like you, you say vulgarities. I was like, woohoo, come on, let's party, ultra. But they talk about Jesus like, are oh, you so ashamed? But I'm like, no. So but then they would censor that out. They would not let me say it. But then when I'm on live radio. God law, oh, okay, okay, right now we're going to play a uh, simple plan or whatever. <laughs> so, but I just said what I got to say because I'm like, I'm unashamed, you know. So, we appeared on newspaper everywhere and our articles got out. We even appeared on Thailand News and Channel News Asia, just different stuff, new paper and all that, you know, and, and I remember Isaiah 61 that God had put on my life. God sent me to announce the year of his grace, a celebration of God's destruction of our enemies and to comfort all who want. Isaiah, you're so drama, you give free rights and then you proclaim these things. That's what the disciples thought of the boy with the five loaves and two fishes. What, what good did you have? But the five loaves and two fishes blessed the thousands. And I looked at my hands. I got my father's khaki. So daddy, I'm going to help you bless some people, okay? So Valentine's Day came, and once again, I was at this moment, I said, God, I will keep doing things for you. I don't care. I'm going to keep loving you. It was a time, once again, financially not doing very well. I looked at my hands, and I went, look, I've got no girlfriend. I'm not going to, like, mourn about that. And then I got Ang Pao money because I'm half Chinese. So yes, Ang Pao money, right? So I took my Ang Pao money, and then I've got Facebook, and I have friends who are rich. Who have rich friends? I have rich friends. So I go, hello, friends, rich friends. I want to do something on Valentine's Day for the society and for the public. Anybody wants to give and contribute. And my friend's like, oh, let's give, let's help. And so then I pressed God, what is it that, we, that you want me to do? And God put on my heart, Isaac, I want you to go and love the sex workers in our city. I was like, oh, that's a bit controversial. But I'm like, I read the word of God and God loves the harlots. He blesses them because he looks at them at their true worth and their value. They're daughters of Christ, not at their job and their occupation. And only God can change the hearts of these people. The love of God can. So I said, that's awesome. The first year, we bought 300 roses. The second year, about 1,005. The next few years, we did that. We partnered with different... Pl- places and people. And then people came up say Isaac, we can make cookies. Um, you know, And I said, yeah, let's make cookies for them. Isaac, we can write cards. We wrote cards like God loves you. Isaac, uh, there's this organization, you can write their number at the back of this packet of tissue that we can give to them. And if they want help, they can call this number. And so we did that. We hit the streets, went to different areas in Singapore. We just gave out roses. We said, you know what? You are so loved. You are so loved. God loves you. God is awesome. That is amazing. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. And I tell you, right, it does something for them. When you bring a guy like me that goes and look at these women, right, and we're not looking at the eyes of lust. I'm not looking into their eyes and waiting for, uh, uh, to, 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 to buy them or whatever, but it's the love of God, and it sets them free. You know, and we prayed for them, and so once again, we did this, and so then the media people are like, what's going on? What's going on? What are y'all doing? Crazy people! So we did that, and look at this. Verse 3 says, it's to care for the needs of all who mourn in Ziah, to give them bouquet of roses instead of ashes. And by the way, only last year did God give me this verse. Says, Isaac, I want you to read this verse and watch how you have been faithful. When I read this verse, I was like, Wow! How insane is that? And that's what we literally did. Um, And once again, we appeared on news um, and even Storm. I hate Storm, but but we appeared on Storm. People say, hey, why are you going to bless bless the teachers and the nurses? They do much more for society. So I said, I'm sorry, but that's the economy of how we look at love and we look at things. But God's love is unconditional. And these people are still the children and child of God. Which girl at four years old says, when I grow up, I want to be a sex worker? No one, but because of life and situation. And we need to love them. And so we did that. And then once again, they asked me stuff, why do you do this? And this was a harder question. This was, they really had to go to the crux of it. It's more than you just being nice. There's something you seem to be on a mission. And I said, yeah, because God first loved us, we love others. They have censored it out again, but I love radio. I got on radio. For this one, we went on Chinese radio a few times, so I mastered my, my Mandarin in this line. And I would just, I would just declare it over the radio. And there will be listeners that will uh, uh, talk to me on Facebook and says, you know what, we were so blessed by that. And even that DJ was so blessed by it. And I tell how I met him one month ago and something happened. Um, and then after the next thing we did, um, it was a time where, you know, the white paper was, uh, people were talking about how, um, oh yeah, all this... Foreign workers, go home, they're so smelly, they're so disgusting. Go home, go home, go home. And I watched my young people begin to speak like that, 13, 14-year-olds, because the adults were speaking like that, because the internet was speaking like that. I said, that's not the way we're supposed to do things. So I said, we're going to do something. I look at my hands again, what do I have? I've got money, I've got rich friends, let's go. So I asked, hey, let's go and do something for them. And you know what's funny? Do you know that Singapore, we're called to be the Antioch of Asia. We're called to be the place that sent out missionaries. And we're not maybe doing a really incredible job about that. And then God says, never mind, I'll send the mission field to you. And then we say, mai la, mai la, ya la, ya la. seriously, right? So I go, and I go, hey, potong ice cream is 30 cents. It's cheap. I can buy many of it. So the first round, we bought 3,000 potong ice cream. I grabbed some of my guys. We, um, went, uh, uh, we went, and this this kid was like 12 years old. And we went around. We were praying for people in, in Little India. We are just saying that God loves you. You're awesome. We're just having a connection with them. It's awesome. And then the next year, uh, the Little India riot happened. And once again, all our keyboard warriors whipped out their keyboard. Hook! Huh! Ayah, y'all come here, y'all destroy our city, ah, go home now. Nah. So I said, we won't tolerate this, let's go again, let's give ice cream. And people say, Isaac, what good are you doing? And I go, I'm not I'm not a politician, I'm not a police officer, I, I, I may not be able to change policy or make better policies or do things like that, but the little that I can do, I must do. Because when the parents of God fills you up, everything that I own is not mine, it is God, and I'm willing to give it for the cost of Jesus, and says, let me love other people. And so we give the ice cream. Once again, is that much? Yeah, it's a lot. I feel like I'm doing my part. It's better than me typing on a keyboard. But But some of you need to do that, so you go do that, okay? But... And I felt like that's what we needed to do. And so we went in love. And once again, they asked, why? What madness? Why are you doing this? Because so God, God loves us and we, we love other people. We love other people. We bring the love of God, the message and the hope of God. And this is the, this is the same guy that, that, that the devil tried to break his vessel and goes, I want you to know that you're worth nothing because the industry says you're worth nothing. And I says, I refuse. If every time you break me, I'm going to sing louder and worship. One of the things that I did for my own life... Um, Sometimes it's hard, you know, when you are when you're when you, when you're alone on, on public holidays for me, sometimes I'm like a loner, right? And then I would be like and the devil would come and says, Oh, you see, you, you are alone and nobody and I decided one day I was so sick of it, I decided every time and I said I made a, a pact with God, but I hinted to the devil, I says, Every time you make me lonely and depressed, I'm gonna do God's work. So every public Eve ho- holiday for a season, every time I felt lonely, I would get out of my house, I'll go to prime supermarket, I'll buy all the goods, all like tidbits, I'll pack it up and I'll hit to the streets uh, where I know the homeless people are at, and I'll minister to them for two, three hours, and I'll love them and bless them on my own. And I say, Devil, you just know that. I'm, you, I'm not listening to your voice. I'm listening to the voice of God, and He defines me. And ever since, the devil is just like, okay, and He just leaves me alone. And I go, I'm listening to the voice of God. He defines me absolutely. And doing this was sometimes tough because throughout 15 years of just complete smashing. But isn't it funny how out of these three simple acts, God allowed me to enter into the media and really bring messages of hope, messages of truth, and telling people about God. Out of three silly acts, buy roses, give free rides, and give free ice cream. And out of that, I literally appeared at so many different places. I won awards for, for giving this stuff, eh. For giving this stuff, I won to award from a minister, um, I appeared on Asian Geographic radio stations, all a couple of different things everywhere. And even one time I was at this uh, event where it was like five, 600 people and the minister at the time of, uh, I think it was social development or something, at the time it was Lawrence Wong. And he called me and I didn't know, he asked me, Isaac, stand up. And this is like a gathering of so much, like 500 over different business people and charity people. And I'm like, what's going on? He calls me and he stands there, and ministers are very calculated in their speech, and they have to be careful what they say. And he says, I want everybody to know who this guy is, and whatever he's going to do, I want you to help him. And I knew that was the presence of God. Absolutely the presence of God. I'm not much to look at as Second as, as Corinthians 4 verse 7 says. I'm just by the vessel, but when the presence of God fills you up, you can do anything that God calls you to do. And I'm telling you, this is not exclusive for me. This is for all. God pours out His Spirit f- on all flesh. Last, last, last chunk. So I kept going for auditions. I kept uh, applying for things. I kept going for things. Kept, 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 kept. I went and joined the final one singing competition. If you go, what's that? It's okay. I also don't really watch Channel 5, but I started after I joined this competition. I joined and I said, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to do this competition one hour before the closing day. I didn't want to do it, you know, but I did it. Um, I joined the first season, actually, and then I got eliminated at top 60. And I told God, I'm not going to do it again. Second round came. God says, come on. You said, Isaac, you trust me. Are you defined by the previous audition? Are you defined what people have said? Are you defined by my presence and the calling over your life? God, I'm defined by you. I surrender a lot. So I surrendered. I joined. I made it all the way to the top four. Um, And that was, for me, very remarkable and important because it gave me many platforms to talk about God. And here's the cool story, and we're going to end off with this. When I made it to the top 16, they had to cut it to the top 8. And so when we, they cut from top 16 to top 8, I actually got eliminated. And so I was the losing 8. And I says, okay, God, I trust you, whatever. I'm, I'm here to do your will and your plan and everything. But any good reality program has a twist, right? So they said, but wait, actually, how we don't want top 8. We want the top 10. Where are you going to find the other two? So the losing 8, you have to fight it out. You have to fight it out and fight for the last two spots. But then, you have to sing. In your mother tongue language. Oh, la, I'm half big, no, bro. I'm half Chinese. I'm half good, okay? You Chinese people already sound your like Chinese. It's like terrible. Me, is worse. Okay, half of that terribleness. And I said, what? So I said, okay, God, let's go. I will not give up the fight. And sometimes you want to do that. Sometimes we, we, I go, ah, it's okay. But what I start, I got to finish well with God because we have to fight the good fight. Run this race with endurance, right? Hebrews 12 says, run this race with endurance. A perseverance, not run this race of excitement, right? Sometimes you run the race of excitement, and will be, oh yeah, I'm not excited anymore, I, I want to quit. Nope, God says run the race of endurance and perseverance. And so um, I, I, I went to sing a Chinese song. I went to, literally, I went on YouTube and I searched, good Chinese songs to sing. Right, And I learned it. I, went, I, I scrolled through so many. And then I heard this particular song. And I went, this song is so good. Something literally stirred in my spirit. So I, I, I went to learn it. I wrote out the honey ping. I wrote the lyrics out. I found out that it's a song that's actually for God. And I didn't know at, at that point. And I went, whoa. It's, you know the song called, What well, you and E." yeah, And it's about how I'm willing to surrender everything, forget my own name only for you, and I'm like, you only sing this to God. Found out it was a Christian writer that wrote it, I learned the song, I walked around everywhere trying to learn and master it, I went to the audition, I mean, I went to the, that round, and I remember I said this, God, and I I thought I was really going to lose, and I said, God, look, I'm going to go out with the bag. I tell you, I'm just going to worship you. So, I, I have no time to show that video, but I went to it and I completely just sang my heart out for God. If you watch the tape, right? You know when they sing, they always sing to people like, oh, Nihan, beautiful, uh, you know, whatever, right? You see me, right, I'm completely lifting my hands to, to, to the heavens, right? And just singing to God, singing to God. And the producer's like, what are you doing? Who are you singing to? I'm like, to God. Throughout the whole competition, right? Even uh, when I see your face, there's not a thing that I would change. I would sing to the sky. Uh, Lord, you're amazing, just the way you are. And then once in a while, if you see me at lip on the show, right? You will see me about to sing, "Oh Lord," and have like, because oh, <laughs> I'm just worshiping all the time. Um, so, what happened was that um, I got through the rounds and all that. Um, I got through the rounds. I, I, I managed to go into the sh- in through, uh, into the top ten and into the top four. But you know, you might ask Isaac, what was God doing? Two things. The first thing that God did was because of that, right, what happened, right, was that the production team, right, signed a contract with 987FM to say that the losing eight has to go for an interview. And it was the only contract they signed for an interview. Don't know what happened, but the winning eight didn't even have an interview with 987. So while we, we knew who the top ten now were, they said, okay, though we know the top ten, we need the losing eight to still go for this interview because we made a contract. So, even though I was in another top 10, I was also dual citizenship because I lost also before. I'm now also the losing eight. So, I go with them to 987 FM. We go there, and Joakim Gomez is there. No big shots were there. And then Joakim Gomez says, Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. We forgot to tell you all need to sing a song. And we're like, What, 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 what? We never prepare. It's okay. Everybody's okay. Never mind. I tell you what. You all just take the next uh, 15 minutes, sing, the, your, sing your most favorite song, whatever song you want. I'm like, Whatever song? <laughs> like, whatever song. Your most favorite song? My most <laughs> favorite song? So guess what I did? I sang He Loves Us. So I went, He loves us, oh how. I go on 987. No big shots were there because we have not allowed it. And I'm like, joking, Gomez, if you get lost your job, whatever, man. And so I just sing it. It plays on 987. It plays on the radio. It's on YouTube. It gets passed around. Many media industry people later on message me and Facebook, messaged me, say, Isaac, we want to thank you for that. You know, 20, 30 years ago when we entered this industry, God, t- God told us we're here to do a bring change, but we completely lost it. When I watch a video, I reminded God's call over my life again. Remember I shared with you at 14 years old, God gave me the vision of me singing Christian music. Six, well, 12 years later, it happened, and I thank God, I ran the race in Mandira, I said, God, I will not give up, and God completely opened the door, completely opened the door, you know, uh, and what was funnier, and in closing, I have no time to talk about some of the, the, the work that I'm doing in my company, um, could we, do you, I, I know we have so short time, but I just want to quickly pray for you, could we just get the band to come up quickly? Um, you know what was funny? Because of what U and E, right, I'm now forced, and the band, please continue to listen to me, okay? I'll preach from here so that you will not zone out. Because I learned what U and E, right, I felt like, now I can do anything. With God, I can do anything. I don't care. So recently, I'm not allowed to say, but you can connect the dots yourself. So recently, a new singing competition came up where chairs are involved, right? So, I decided, you know what, I'm gonna join. But then I read the 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 terms and conditions. You can only join if you will sing Chinese songs. And I went, whoa. But then this this competition was a bit bigger because it was a combine of Singapore and Malaysia. And one of my heart's prayer, my cries, God, I want to go into the rest of Asia to bring God's goodness and truth. Isaac, are you delusional or brave? I'm still figuring that out. But I said, God, I want to do that. So what I did, I went to learn a Chinese song. Guess what song? Oh, you and E. So I entered this competition knowing just one song. Oh, you and E. Wayne. So I said, okay, let's do that, God. With your presence, you define me, I can do anything. So then I go, I join this singing competition, I send my video, and this is my only one song that I know. I went to a singing competition with only knowing one Chinese song. That is silly. And I say, God, if you say no to me, I'll, it's okay, I'll do all I can. I join the singing thing, I go through two rounds of the producers, and they absolutely love my Chinese song. And what the is child, okay so i sang i sang well done and then i finally said okay now it's it's and so there were thousands of people that applied in singapore and malaysia they cut it down to 100 and i made it to the hundred please keep this here okay um and you don't know what competition it is right and so they said now it's time to meet with the judges and if they like you they will turn their chair for you so i said god i really don't know how to do that and he says by the way we will have to teach you a song um um, you have to learn a new song so i said and i didn't i didn't like right so they gave me the song um, and i had to learn from scratch i had to print out lyrics i went for chinese classes and i worked really hard and i, I learned 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 some other song yeah. so i learned it and i went So I had to drive up to singapore and malaysia up and down every time i drove up from singapore malaysia always there'll be this moment where i felt like the devil and my negative thoughts go Isaac, what are you doing you know this is a joke but i said god i've surrendered my life to you there's no other way that i'll do this always for you and your presence defined my vessel so i remember i went to the competition and everyone was there, and I had so little faith, you know, and, and this is the reality. I want to tell you that this is the reality of the struggles that we go through. I went there with no support, so everyone had their family member. but I didn't bring anybody, because I thought no one's going, I'm not going to win, and I didn't want to disappoint anybody. So when they had the film, right, when they, like, they go to the supporters' room, and the family, are like, you're, you're fighting, right? This is a Chinese scene. Uh, I don't know, whatever, right? In my room, right, there's nobody, because I didn't want to invite anybody. So the host is like, oh, how, 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 um, and then I remember I went on stage and I felt the peace of God. I remember before I went up, right? And I hope they will show it. I hope they will show it. I just literally just prayed. I said, like, God, this is your stage, and I'll just worship you. Like, let the prayers of God overflow. You know, this is beyond the vessel. And I just began to sing. Uh, and by the miracle goodness of Jesus Christ, uh, um, all four chairs were turned. You know, um, and you know what was even cooler? Before I joined, I didn't know who the judges were. But when I pray, I said, God, I don't know who these people are. I don't know who to choose if if they turned around. And God says, I want you to pick the third judge. So I said, okay. So then later, I found out who they are. And what was interesting, right, when they gave me the song, they gave me the song of the third judge. And it's as if God just knew and lined up everything. What was even more amazing about this whole thing was this. At the end, all the four judges said this. They said, even if you don't pick us on your team, we are serious. We want you to bring us to see the poor. We want want you to bring us to see the poor. And one of the uh, big shots, I, I know that the... She's really big in China, and I thought it was for good TV. She grabs me later at the corner. I didn't choose her anyway, and she says, um, "I'm serious. I want you to bring me to see the poor." So I'm just completely lost, and the presence of God I know is there absolutely. Um, and I walk away, um, and people will come and say, "You know, you did such a great job. We really felt it." And 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 then when I go into the room, the 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 M C of the M C of the show is actually the radio DJ that interviewed me many years ago about the roses about giving to the prostitutes and so I just felt like I needed to tell him like you know me so he was talking I said you tell and he's like huh <laughs> so he thought I'm like some crazy fan so then I shared with him remember about the story about the roses of the prostitutes and he stopped I was like oh, it's you it's you it's you it's you I leave the place and later his assistant comes out after me and he says hey you know the, 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 this guy wants your number the next day he messages me and says this is my number I want you I want you to bring me to see the poor and I go, Lord, this is exactly what I feel like I'm called to do in the industry, to bring people to God. So directors and producers and auditioners and people can say, oh, but you're nothing much to deal with. You're too short. You're too weird looking. But I tell you, what defines us is really the parents of God. And for me, this is what I feel I'm called to do. At the other day, I don't know how far I'm going to last in this competition, but still filming stuff. But uh, my life has already been decided that I believe in you, God whether I get through things or not, it's you who defines me. And I want to ask you today, where's the place that God has called you to be at? The family, the calling, the school, the army camps, the secondary school, your friends? What is the value of your life? And would you dare to surrender your life to God today? We have like five minutes and I know we need to leave the hall by 6.30. But I want you to close your eyes for a while. You are God's masterpiece you are this amazing vessel that we might not be much to look at and you might even say to yourself, I'm not much to look at. But let me tell you, there's nothing wrong with the oil when the presence of God fills you up and you receive Him into your heart and you say, God, you are my all in all. That changes everything. That changes the value of your life. That changes the way you walk around, you enter situations and circumstances because you're not the same person anymore. You're not the same person anymore. Just gonna sing this song, and the, and the worship is gonna follow me along. and I just want you to begin to just worship. This alabaster
1: jar is all I have of worth. I lay it at your feet, Lord. It's less than you deserve, you're far more beautiful more precious than the ore, the sum of my desires and the fullness of my joy like you spill your blood I spill my heart as an offering to my King so here I am Take me As in
0: song one more time and i I just want to pray for some people here today if i could everybody but only if you want to respond and i know there might be some fears you might feel paise you might go uh, will it be weird can i tell you that you should not worship these things i want you to shut the door i want you to shut the door to the fear shut the door to the paise then shut the door to discomfort shut the door to these things i'm going to be fixated on one thing alone and that's being filled up with the presence of god and maybe you're like me you kind of go Uh, I've kind of been through much and my vessel I don't think it's much and I want God to fill me up you might be a leader even you might be going I've been a Christian for so long but you go I want his presence to truly define me and as you heard this message today God was doing something in your heart God was stirring something then as we sing this song one more time I would like to ask you that you come up from where you're at. Just come to the altar. You can kneel down. You can stand up and say, God, here I am. Take me. Fill me up with your presence. Shut the door behind you. Shut the door to the fear. Shut the door to the distraction. Shut the door to the worry. Shut the door to the accusations of the devil. And say, God, <laughs> there may not be much to look at, but I tell you what, Lord, I'm willing and I surrender my heart to you. And God will use you. God loves you so much. There is no sin and no past and no situation that you are in that is terrible enough that God cannot love you and do something with your life. So if that's you as we sing this, no one looking around, don't wait for somebody else. When you are ready, you come on and say, Lord, here I am. Take me.
1: Holy Spirit, this alabaster jar is all I have for the world. I lay it Less than you deserve. You're far more beautiful, more precious than the old The sum of my desires and the fullness of my joy. This alabaster jar is all I have of the world. Laying at your feet, Lord is less than you deserve. Some of my desires, and the thorn is up like a spell. I can spell of love, I swear.
3: I'm gonna leave the altar open if you wanna stay around. If you need to go, you can go. But let me just pray for every one of us as we bring the service to a close. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for your grace. God we are we are really nothing. God we are such rubbish people sometimes and and, and God we have, we have nothing to offer you but God you you love us and you' don't, you don't just love us, you you have plan and a purpose for us you speak destiny into our lives. And so God we look to you and, and we, we, we thank you and we love you we worship you and God I pray that today the truth that you have spoken into our hearts I pray that God we will hold it there and we will, we will hold on to that truth that God in the times where, where the enemy puts lies into our heads that God we will wield the sword of the spirit and the truth that we are loved by the king and that we are loved by the father so father we thank you that you you can use us even though we are just these jars of clay. And God, because of that, Father, we say we we lay it all down before you. We surrender and we give you our all. So we love you, Jesus. We thank you. We thank you that you took us and and you pulled us out from the pit and and you redeemed us and you crowned us with with love and compassion and, and beauty. We just marvel at, at your grace, at your love, your compassion, your mercy for us. And we say we love you, we love you, Jesus. So Father, even as we depart from here, God, would you seal, seal all these truths in our heart, God? Seal these truths in our heart, especially when 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 the enemy comes with his lies, seal these truths in our heart. Guard us, protect us, and make us strong in you, God. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Feel free to hang around, <laughs> and, and yeah, feel free to hang around. If not, then we'll see you next week for cell group.